to me, songwriting is the backbone of Nashville. Looks can go, fads can go, but a good song lasts forever. Alan Jackson. Hello and welcome back to the Turnrate Podcast. This is episode 95, recapping my Nashville trip, why everyone is a star, and how you can be remembered. I think that writing is much like music and songwriting. And although the arts are different types of mediums, whether you're hearing it or reading it, you know, you're still feeling those same things. And I think artists, whether they are songwriters, whether they are novel writers, whether they're painters, fashion designers, YouTubers, you know, we all have certain things in common. And that's the desire to be understood, the desire to be creative, and the desire to get our work through the supply chain to our consumers. And recently, this past weekend, I went to Nashville, Tennessee for my 27th birthday. It was an amazing time. We had breakfast at the Frothy Monkey. We shopped around 12 South. We headed to the Gulch, took some pictures. Um, And of course, we went out and we hit up Broadway and we got to the honky tonks and listened to the live music. And we would bar hop each night going to about three or four establishments. And if you don't know what a honky-tonk is, because I really didn't either before I went there, it's essentially a place where live music is performed for free. And it's incredible to me how many different musicians are performing every single night. Like, they have one band that goes on at, you know, 5 p.m., and another band goes on at 7, and another band goes on at 10. And this is just all in one establishment. And there are probably, like... Honestly, I don't know how many establishments there are in Broadway, but (laughs) there's got to be at least 50. It's really crazy. And there's a bunch of different venues um, off the different streets of Broadway as well, like the Florida Georgia Line, um, different bars on Printer's Alley. So there's just this incredible culmination of live music if you've never been to Nashville. And it really got me thinking, like, how on earth do you make it as an artist? All of these people are very talented, you know, they're they're just really, really talented people, and they're able to play all the songs from Rascal Flatts and Marin Morris and Taylor Swift, but so is the next band. So how do you get fans? How do you get a following? How do you get a record contract? How do you make money? How do you differentiate yourself from other people as a songwriter? And I think the same types of principles can be applied to novel writing. There's so many of us out there trying to become novel writers how do we succeed? I think, you know, this illustration of these artists on Broadway is a much better metaphor for the competition than, you know, just novel writing is because we can't really see our competition as well as novel writers. You know, there's not like a big mecca of music where, you know, we can come and bring our novels and there's not this mecca of words where, you know, we're competing against other writers and, and reading our books aloud and whatnot. That stuff doesn't really exist. Maybe in little silos, maybe in New York City, they have, you know, readings from poets or whatever. But I would have to say for the most part, there is nothing like that in writing. And I just think this illustration of how competitive songwriting, the arts, novel writing, all of this stuff really is, is just really interesting it also can be discouraging. So I thought about four things that really held my interest and made me remember certain bands more than the others. And once again, this is my perspective. It's not, um, 
it's not necessarily the perspective of the industry, which I think I'm going to highlight what I think some of the perspectives of the industry are in regard to differentiation and these other factors that I'm going to be speaking about. So number one, it really is differentiation. I think that differentiation is the key to being remembered because you know, when we hear the same stories, the same songs with the same plots and the same lines and the same metaphors over and over again, yes, it's familiar and maybe some people even like that or seek that, but to me, it's just not memorable. I think that's why stories like Evelyn Hugo did so well because that was a plot twist that had really never been done before in mainstream fiction. Same thing with A Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides, very unpredictable story. However, there are books, of course, that have, you know, kind of the basic summer beach read plot. I'm thinking of books by Ellen Hildebrand or Emily Henry, and those books do also do well, even though they have, you know, more of that expected plot line. But I think differentiation really causes people to remember you. When we were in Nashville, I remember in particular this one band playing at Layla's, and they were the most bluesy band we heard the whole time. They really had a great groove. They had a ton of people up on stage. They had like three people playing guitar, a person playing fiddle, a person playing drums, and like two singers. They were excellent. I wish I knew their name to shout them out, but I don't remember. And they just had such a great bluesy groove, groove to their music that the other bands that we saw did not have. And so I will definitely remember their sound. And to me, they really stuck out as being just really, really good. I also remember um, an artist at Tequila Cowboy, and he played a lot of my favorite songs. And a lot of the other bands were just playing like very mainstream country songs, like Country Roads and like some of the popular ones by Morgan Wallen. And this particular band was playing a lot of rock, and they were putting their own like country twist on rock songs. So they were playing Sugar We're Going Down Swinging by Fall Out Boy. They were playing All the Small Things by Blink-182. They were playing these great like rock anthems of the early 2000s, and I loved it. That's the kind of music that really makes me excited. That's like the type of music I typically gravitate towards. So I really appreciated them playing those songs that I loved and also putting their own little southern twist on it, and they really stood out to me as well. I think perhaps, though, the industry is not always as kind to people that are trying to differentiate. I think the industry follows blueprints and, you know, they want certain things in the package deal. But if you've ever listened to a lot of popular recording artists, they will tell you that their work was compared too much to so-and-so and they were too similar to so-and-so and that's why they were passed up. So it's this really fine line between you need to have some differentiation, but not too much. I think Kelsey Ballerini is a really good example of someone that's successfully done this. If you think about it, Kelsey Ballerini is kind of like if Carrie Underwood and Taylor Swift had a baby and produced this songwriter. Um, I think Kelsey Ballerini has, um, you know, she kind of writes with, I think, the intention of playing towards Taylor Swift fans. Like... She's used the imagery of fairy tales and heartbreak in playing along those narratives that is very appealing to Taylor Swift fans. However, I don't think her music really took off amongst Taylor Swift fans. I think Taylor Swift fans like more of Olivia Rodrigo and Lana Del Rey, and I don't think her storytelling is necessarily strong enough to appeal to a lot of Taylor Swift fans. And I see her music as being more of the style of Carrie Underwood, more true country. 
and having those sort of poppy um, country hits. I don't think her range is as as impressive as Carrie Underwood, so I don't think she's, you know, really either Carrie Underwood or Taylor Swift. She's her own person. But I think a differentiating factor that makes her very successful is two things, really. I think she's a little bit edgier than both Taylor and Carrie, and I like that about Kelsey. I like how she's kind of edgy, and she's kind of like cool country girl. And I think she also does a great job of interacting with fans directly on TikTok and really using that platform. So I think it's interesting because differentiation can be really hard to nail down because you don't want to be too different. Number two, interacting personally with the crowds. I definitely remember this one band at Dirk's Bentley and it was so exciting. It was like earlier first night there was like 5 p.m. and we were sitting at the bar and the lead singer of this band, she was a woman, came around and was collecting tips um and so we tipped her and we asked her if she could play taylor swift and i wanted in particular you belong with me by taylor swift she said she didn't know that one but she could either play our song or love story and i was like oh can you play please play our song and she was like yeah yeah and she went up on stage and said she had six song requests and she played one of the other song requests that wasn't mine but then she played mine she played our song and i was so happy our song is one of my favorite taylor swift songs of all time i was just like super super stoked about it and it was a great time and i will always remember this personal interaction i had with this woman again i don't remember the name of the band but i could definitely like pick out her face and her distinctive sound if i saw her again And I thought that was so cool that she played my song and she had a lot of other options to play, but I definitely really, really appreciated that. So how do you interact personally with your readers as a writer? It's definitely a little bit trickier because you don't get this live performance opportunity. I think there's a couple of ways to do it though. One, you can interact with people directly on social media, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, etc., And I think a lot of us are doing that and using that to our advantage. But I also think that the voice of the story is really how you most directly interact with your readers. So I think that strong and memorable voices of your characters will have the best effect on your readers. Number three, wild political shirts. This is kind of an interesting one, but when we went to Luke Bryan's bar, which I thought was kind of overrated, it was very crowded and we were kind of smushed in there together. Um, The band on the first floor was wearing these really interesting political shirts and I'm not going to say what they said, but they were just very provocative and I could not believe that people were wearing those. But I remember this band, you know, for worse or for better. I don't really remember how their sound, but I remember them wearing this And I think that sometimes doing something a little crazy, a little on edge, I know I'm not recommending doing something political because I like when politics stays out of art, um, unless you can do it in a very artful, disguised, metaphoric way, kind of like Margaret Margaret Atwood. Um, You know, unless you can do something like that, I think it really belongs out out of the arts. I definitely remember this group because they did this. So I think that sometimes like a crazy stunt will definitely get people to remember you. I remember being in high school and our chorus teacher told us the story about Barbara Streisand and how she supposedly chewed gum during her audition to get the director to remember her. And that story always stuck with me because, you know, our choir director was kind of saying, you know, be be different, be a star, do what feels right to you. And I think that's definitely an aspect of being an artist. 
look at people like Lady Gaga and you just know they are instantly a star. They are the kind of people that really know how to work a room. They know how to find their edge and it comes a lot more intuitively, I think, to some people than others. But don't be afraid of doing something a little bit different, a little bit on edge to get yourself noticed. Number four, a captivating performance. I think this is a pretty obvious and basic one on how to get people to remember you. Um, I definitely remember this one band at Kid Rock stage. They were just, they were rock stars already. Like you could tell they were working the room. Everyone was dancing, vibing, thriving. You could just tell the energy was up and they were great performers. They were singing ACDC and you know, that's definitely a really hard band to pull off. I think the performance aspect of writing is a little bit more superficial. It's something that I don't think I excel in, something I think that I'm like, if I get the meat of the novel, if I get the voice, if I get the characters, I don't need this this performance aspect of it. It's just superficial. People like my stuff anyway. Wrong. It makes you look unprofessional. Performance aspect of writing is making sure you're writing in freaking Times New Roman 12. That's so annoying to me. Why can't we just write in Calibri? Like, I don't understand. In the business world, everything is Calibri, and in writing, it's Times New Roman. But that's just one example of the performance of your novel. Also, possibly hiring a professional cover artist, a professional editor. And yes, those things cost money, and I'm not judging people that can't afford those. I can barely afford those myself. They're so expensive. Um, But you need that kind of stuff to be professional and to have the performance that you want for your novel professional websites, making sure your Twitter looks good. All of that kind of stuff is about is tied to the performance of your book. And if agents or editors are looking at your work, they're going to look at how your work appears on other websites, such as your blog, your Instagram, your Twitter, etc. So um, I think a cohesive performance of all of your platforms is really important to be professional, to be memorable, And when you have that like sleekness to your work, that will definitely give you an advantage over other people that maybe don't look as polished, but maybe have more substance to their words or music. So this was a little recap of my Nashville trip. I tried to utilize it as a learning experience for myself and some takeaways for other people as well. Let me know if you like this episode, if you like more personal narratives like this, or if you would just prefer more of book reviews and um, you know character arcs and things like that. Thanks so much for listening. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.